Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest for this episode is Jordan Jones. Jordan graduated from Georgetown University with a degree in business and a prestigious management consulting job waiting for her. Her life was going exactly as she had always planned, but something was wrong. She felt God calling her to something new. Today, just a few years later, Jordan and her husband Pete run a marketing agency from the road. They are full-time RVers. They travel the country in their RV with their dog, Russ, as they build their business and manage marketing for their clients. As a self-described recovering perfectionist, Jordan talks about how life on the road has helped her develop her faith, create community, and discover more about God's unique calling for her life. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Jordan online at donsadler.com slash 023. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Download the free planning tool, The Peak Page. This free tool will help you overcome procrastination and create more clarity, focus, and results in your day. Download your free copy at donsadler.com slash peak. And now, let's meet Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Don. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're on. I, um, it's always interesting to kind of learn how we get connected with our guests. And yours is one of my favorite stories because, um, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I just started following people on Instagram who are full-time RVers because I thought it was interesting. Um, And then through following you, it was clear that you had more of a story to tell that I thought our listeners would really love. So we're Instagram friends and, uh, and I just love, I love that we were connected and brought together that way. But um, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, I love that Instagram brings people together because it's like this love-hate relationship of, you know, being online, but we've met some amazing people like this that way. So um, what we do, so I am, like Don said, a full-time RVer, uh, but more importantly, a wife and a believer and a digital marketer. And so our, our journey to RV life is a little odd. And I think before I became an RVer, um, I don't think this ever would have been my plan. This would never have been my plan for myself. And uh, if you told me even five years ago, I'd be living in an RV and growing our business, I would have thought you were a little crazy. Um, but it's, it's kind of one of those testaments to that God's plan is always bigger and better than we could imagine. Um, and I think before RV life, I would have looked at the RV community kind of more in like that nomadic van life, you know, hashtag van life where you have these epic views, but it's really transient feeling. Um, kind of more of like, you know, just exploring to explore and no real purpose or heart behind it. And it's been really eye-opening to now be in the RV community and just hear stories of so many other people that live in, and are, have their families and they road tour, they grow businesses. And so RV life has really blown my mind. But yeah, so uh, just about me as my husband and I, we live in an RV full time as we travel the country. And, um, 
build our business. We are digital marketers. We have a digital marketing agency that works mainly with creative entrepreneurs, especially in the uh, wedding industry. And so we help them with uh, marketing and especially uh, Facebook and Instagram ads. So really growing their business using, you know, online digital marketing strategies. So this business that you're in is really different than the original plan that you had for your life when you went <laughs> to college, right? Oh yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about about that original plan and where you started. You know what? It's funny. I don't know if I ever truly had this unique vision or purpose for my life, and I, I'm sh- now obviously hindsight 2020. Um, I didn't become Christian until I was in college, and I really didn't start having a deep relationship with Jesus until, uh, after college. And so growing up, my, my purpose and my heart was never really, I never asked those big, hard questions. And so my vision really was kind of following this assembly line of what, you know, our culture and our society tells us success is. So make sure that you get straight A's, make sure that you do everything that you can to have a great resume. So I had, I was like one of two kids in my high school that never got a B. I was president of my student council. I was like over as over involved and overachiever as you could be. Um, go to, you know, next on the list, go to a really good college and get a degree. I did get a marketing degree because I loved marketing. Um, but I actually originally wanted to do psychology and then I realized that I, um, I'm not very good at compartmentalizing. And so I, I, when people come to me, it's very, it weighs on my heart and I wouldn't be able to, that probably wasn't the great, greatest field for me. And so I chose marketing because it's almost the psychology of why we do things and why we buy and how we act. Um, so study that in college, same thing again. Okay. What's next on the list? Okay. Um, everyone, I went to Georgetown and I was in the business school. And so they kind of funnel you into either finance, um, or, you know, like asset management or investment banking or consulting. And so I went the consulting route, interviewed, got my job a year before I graduated, like did that whole thing, thought this would be this glamorous, you know, they pay you the travel and you're living in a hotel and they pay you stupid money that they should not pay a college graduate. And <laughs> you, know, you get, you get the, be- the benefits and the, everything that comes along, like, you know, all these shiny balls and, um, it didn't take me long to get into that job. And, you know, I kind of got to the end of what this, I guess, assembly line says, you know, I feel like I checked all the boxes off. I did exactly what I thought I needed to do to be this quote unquote successful, AKA happy. And I was, that's the first time in my life that I stopped and I was like, well, what's next? Like, there's not a rule book now. (laughs) Like there's no, like, there's not a, okay, turn the page. What's my next step? You know, the only other option was to, you know, get promoted or climb the ladder. And I, I really quickly realized that I I just looked around and I didn't want my boss's job and I didn't want my coworkers jobs. And I I was, I was just really unfulfilled and and really didn't have an answer for what would make me happy because I had just tied so much of my worth and my happiness into this idea of being the best and being successful and it really being so achievement focused. And so my vision for my life really wasn't about, it really wasn't reflective in the sense of like what, sets my heart on fire. And what am I, what do I love doing? What are my gifts and my talents? It's, you know, this is what I should do. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in this, the shoulds of life. And, and that's a hundred percent where I found myself at 22 with kind of all these quote unquote, you know, success factors and kind of being like, wait a minute, there has to be something more than this because like this can't be it at 22. I can't just check in and out and, and just resign myself to this. So my vision in life sounds super bleak. Now that I lay it out like that, but that's, that really is kind of 
how I think I, I let my life be led up until my early 20s. And you mentioned that you were saved around that time. How did that, how, how did that factor in to just sort of that discontentment? Um, you know what? I think it's, it's interesting for me to think back because when I started to, you know, when I was saved, when I started following Jesus, I think I, I feel like I was just scratching the surface and my husband Pete and I will both say like at the time that we met, we both would say that we were Christian Um, but I, we definitely weren't living that way. And so I feel like my faith has kind of gone through these, like a a rebirth cycle almost of, um, I, it was my junior year, uh, Easter of my junior year of college is when I, um, accepted Jesus as my savior and I became Christian. And, um, but again, I still kind of went into this, uh, you know, the, the path of what I thought I should do. And so I think well, as much as I wanted to, as much as I did believe and wanted to follow, it was, I, I think, and I'll talk about this a little bit, but it, I was so surrounded. I was so used to kind of following this, you know, the wave, right. I was so, so used to like, well, this is what everyone else around me is doing. This is what everyone else says I should do that. I didn't at the time that I started believing, I didn't have even the confidence of who I was or who really God says I am and who he, he's calling me to be, um, outside of that, you know, so rooted in all of these other things that it really took me and Pete a few years to kind of, you know, untwist our identities in this world, if you will, versus, you know, who God says we are. And so our, our faith journey has very much aligned with, our journey of our purpose and our calling too, because as we started to ask these questions, as we started to really dive into the word and, and draw closer to God and, and pray more, that's really when our eyes started opening up and, and we started really listening and figuring out, you know, where he's calling us and, and what, and, and trusting, you know, the, the more close, the closer we draw, drew to him, the more we could trust in taking those big, scary risks that I never thought I would have ever taken. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so just to kind of, uh, so you went to Georgetown and you, and, and, uh, you had this career and you were also, I know a lot of our listeners are based here in New York and mm-hmm. I, I just think it's interesting to paint the picture because where you are now is so very different, um, than where you were. And, and I want to talk about that because I think that that's how God works. And I want to talk about that journey, but you and your husband were actually living here in New York for a time. Is that right? Yes. So Pete is from central Pennsylvania. And when he graduated college, he decided he was moving to the big city. So Pete was in New York for, I want to say two and a half years. Um, by the time he left, I only made it about eight or nine months. (laughs) Um, so I, when we met, I was still doing the consulting work. So it's based in Philly, flying to Pittsburgh, you know, Monday morning, coming back Thursday night or flying to New York to see him. And so um, we started dating long distance, but he was in the city. And then I moved to New York. Um, it was there, like I said, for about nine months, um, kind of figuring out life. And I was working as a, a marketing manager for a startup then. And so we were both living in the city together really when we started our relationship and, and kind of the origins of our business too. Hmm. And so tell me about that. Tell me how you went from, from this career that you were in, um, to starting your own marketing agency. Oh gosh. Um, I think this is, this is really one of those testaments of, I think it's a really good idea to have a business plan and visions and goals in place. And we didn't, ours is kind of an experiment gone right is how I joke about it, but it was really just kind of 
taking, like, we didn't have a big vision or goal. We just took the next step that we really felt like God was putting on our hearts. And now it's turned into something more than we ever could have imagined and kind of in a better way than like, we didn't have our own limiting beliefs on it. We just kind of took that next step forward. And that's kind of how I went from where I was then till now is because, you know, I was in this job, honestly crying every single night, had the worst Sunday scaries thinking I had to pack my suitcase again to fly to Pittsburgh again to work 12 hour days every day and not see my family and friends. And for me, that was the first time in my life where I felt out of control. And I think that's what really started to shake me in my faith is like, I, I, in my mind, I kind of visualize, you know, Jesus sitting back be like, all right, you can try that. Okay. You can try that. Like, I'll, I'll just wait until you're ready to come to me because none of that stuff's going to work. And, uh, I feel like I, I tried to control my happiness in so many ways till I got to this breaking point at this job where I was like, I, I just can't do it. Like I had been, I started interviewing. I knew I wanted to leave, but I actually left that job with no game plan and no job. Um, because I was just at a point where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Um, I'm just not myself. And that's how hard it was. And, um, wound up getting a job the next week. So I had been interviewing and it worked out really well. And I actually, it, the job was in New York city, which was my dream to move there and be closer to Pete. And, and it was an awesome marketing job. And I turned it down. Um, and I actually moved to the city without a job and that sounds insane. And I don't know if I'd recommend that, but I, uh, it was kind of this thing where I felt like I had taken such a big leap of faith to leave what I had been doing that I wasn't ready to get back into something that was a, that was a similar kind of corporate feel environment that, you know, if I could try to make something else work, like, I feel like, all right, if God got me through that, like, and I feel like there's a little bit more that I need to do. And so through a mutual friend, um, or through a connection that I had in college, I wound up getting hired as a marketing manager for a startup that it was totally remote. I could do, I mean, I was the marketing department. There was 10 other employees and I was the only woman and I was, I was marketing. Um, and so it, it was a huge blessing that I got to kind of pretty much break even living in the city. Like that job pretty much just let me pay my rent. And then I actually worked as a waitress on Thursday nights, um, at Bravest in uh, Murray Hill area. And that's where, you know, that was kind of like my spending and grocery money. And so I think it's interesting because I went from this job where it was like super cushy, never had to worry about, you know, what I was spending on to, I needed to kind of make it work. And I did, and it was so worth it. Um, but we both were having these conversations at that time where I also chose a job. Kind of the reason I turned the other one down is I knew I didn't want to be in New York forever and I wasn't looking to start a career. And I think that was a really important distinction in my mind is I loved the company that wanted to hire me and I didn't want to join it and leave with the intent of leaving in a year. And that was my intent was to be in New York for a year. And so the, the marketing position that I did take was it allowed me that flexibility and um, when we did leave the city, I actually continued work, working with them until they got bought out. And so the, um, I made really, I feel like I started making really intentional decisions. And so when we were in New York, um, Pete was still working in uh, corporate America. He was doing pharmaceutical sales. And again, he was kind of in this, I'm working a great do- job, company car, incentive trips, all this stuff, and super unfulfilled. And so we just started having these conversations around purpose and calling and, you know, there has to be something more than this. And from that, we actually just started a blog together, um, just to kind of start this conversation around, 
you know, this, this quarter life crisis that we felt like we were going through. So the original of our, the, the origin, I guess, of our business and our blog was a blog called quarter for your crisis. And so we started that together, um, just to kind of get vulnerable and get real and try to start connecting with people, especially in New York city, where I feel like it can be so hard to be the first one to step out and be like, this isn't for me. Like this isn't, you know, what I want. And it was, I think, especially difficult for me more so than Pete. Pete's friends were, um, kind of doing all different kinds of things, not just in the finance consulting world. Whereas my, I was like the lone duck of my entire graduating class. I think that kind of not turned its back on corporate America, but chose a different path. And it, I very much felt a lot of, I don't know if it was guilt or, you know, I just, I, I really struggled with like voicing that I wasn't happy because everyone else, it seemed like was sucking it up. You know, they're working these, they're also working 80 hours a week and they're also unhappy and they're also making a lot of money, but they're doing it. So shouldn't you just be grateful and stop, you know, stop complaining about it was kind of the mindset that I had. And I th- it was a really difficult cycle to break out of for me. Um, so it's taken a long time to get from like that initial clicking publish on that blog to now we're choosing to live in an RV and travel and, you know, celebrate our marriage. I think that's something that was really, you know, we were the only ones in a relationship in New York. Like even that too was felt so countercultural to choose someone over my career, you know, or choose that that was really important to us. Um, so it, it's taken, it's been a, a big difference in our lives from like the kind of confidence and, and not just in myself, but in, in where God was calling us to be, you know, three years ago, four years ago to where we are now. I'm not sure if that answered your question about New York City, but I think it's a really difficult place to to figure out who you are and miss what everyone else is doing or, you know, that comparison trap. And it's, it's just a hard place. It's an amazing place, but I think it can get really easy to get caught up, I guess. And also, I, I think that... Um... I think you said something so profound, um, and I, I feel like I have this conversation with a lot of people, and there's probably listeners who can relate to this, which is this idea of, this is everything I've ever wanted, and yeah. I'm not happy, and am I just, you know, who am I to complain when this is everything yeah. I've ever wanted? And I feel like that's, um, I feel like that's kind of common. And I, I, I think we talked about this, um, on our pre-interview that there's, there's this holy discontent and just having that discernment of, am I just complaining or is God stirring something in me that I need to be paying attention to? Um, and I think that that can be a really, a, a really challenging time for people was, did you, you, it sounds like you walked through that as well. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. That, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's, if, if you're surrounded and I very much was surrounded by people who weren't either a, you know, not believers or they're just not, you know, living the way that now Pete and I are choosing to live and, and walk out our faith. But it's, I think there, there is this disconnect and I think there is this like stirring from the Holy spirit in your heart of, you know, Hey, this isn't maybe how you want to live. And this, you know, whether it's your job or just how you're living your life or how you're dating or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's hard when you feel that and you don't see other people feeling or thinking that cause you, then you think like, well, is it just me? Am I being ungrateful? Am I just overanalyzing? Um, or is this something that I need to pay attention to? And it's, I mean, my only 
I guess from the other side, not that I'm a, a, an expert on it by any means, but at least the last three, four years of kind of walking out this exercise of trying to determine what that disconnect discontent is, is really having conversations with God. I think that the more that we have had, like really brought all of that and laid it all out, um, that it's allowed us to be a lot clearer on when we feel like that is, you know, God putting something on our heart versus maybe a selfish ambition or something that I'm just being a little hypersensitive to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have a ton more questions about RV life, which we're going to get to because I know our <laughs> listeners are like, no, no, no. I have so many questions. I know I do too. But, um, but just on this topic, because I know that there are people who are listening to this who are in that moment right now of, am I just ungrateful? What is it that you would say from where you are now, you know, you know, a little bit down the road and, and, and you know, kind of how the story not ends, but you know what I mean? What would you say to that person that you were then who was in that in that moment, if that makes sense? What would you say to that person who was struggling with, am I just ungrateful? Do I need to make a change? Yeah, I think, oh my gosh, if I could see my life now. And I'm not even saying I'm on the other end of it yet. I, like I just, Pete and I keep talking, like we feel like we're finally at the cusp of like, we're really living where God wants us in this season and we can't wait to see what else he does. And I know there's going to be like, the valleys along with the hills. But back then I could have never, my mind, my, I was just so limited in my, in my vision for my life. And, um, my ambitions were so tied to worldly factors and success that I feel like when I was, I feel like when I was going through these questions in my head, it was always compared to a measuring stick of what everyone else was doing. Like it wasn't in my own silo, you know, it wasn't like, okay, who does God say I am? Who, who do I want to become? Like, where do I feel like he's calling me? It was like, well, where do I fall and how do I measure up against everyone else that I graduated with or against, you know, my family or against my, those expectations. Um, and so I feel like it can be really hard to take action on that or sort through that when your measuring stick is on anything else, but who, who God says you are and who he wants you to be. Um, and I think that's such a hard thing to navigate and figure out, but, um, one of the best advice, the advice that I could give is to, if you see someone, cause we feel like we all know someone who is doing something that you want to do, or you feel like they're living a lifestyle of like how you want to live. Like I, I, I'm, there's so many people I'm inspired by, um, in a good way and a positive influence. I would try to surround yourself with those people and have those conversations because as soon as we did, as soon as we found someone else and it still happens to this day, like I remember our first conversation, Dawn, where it was like, yes, yes, me too. Like it's this <laughs> me too factor where yeah. you, finally, you finally have permission to just lay it out exactly as you believe. And you know that that person like gets it. It's not that you guys all have to agree on the same thing, but like, I think there's such a power in finding that, that community of like-minded believers and people that are going to encourage you and, and push you and chat and especially challenge you. Um, and I think, I guess my best advice would be to find those people and whether they're in your church or just in your community and, you know, in your small group, like surround yourself with them. Or if it's on Instagram, like, I mean, you can message me, I'll support you. There's people out there that I think that it'll, it'll champion you a lot farther and, and, some of us need that, at least I did. I needed that permission or to see that like there were other people who felt that way. There were other people who wanted to make a life change and live in a, a kind of a countercultural way. And, um, 
I didn't think I'd be quite so countercultural as to live in a trailer across the country. (laughs) You know, I I think that's the whole reason we started Quarter for Your Crisis. And we actually started doing interviews when we started it because we, we felt this need to connect with other people who wanted the same things and, and just have this freedom to talk like we're not crazy and I shouldn't feel guilty that I don't want to work 80 hours a week at 23 and not see my friends or my family and hate my job. Like there's not enough money in the world. You could pay me to do that. And there are people that you could pay them a lot of money to do that. And that's fine. That's their own, you know? So I guess what I'm saying is find your people and whether it's locally and around you or even Instagram sounds kind of crazy, but I've made some amazing connections like this even on Instagram. So if you don't have people immediately around you, there are people who are going through the same things or they've been through the same things. So my biggest advice would really just be to surround yourself with those people. I, I think about that. And, and by the way, we're going to include in the show notes a link to your Instagram account because um, the photos that you and your husband take are <laughs> just mind-blowing. They're so beautiful. But I am reminded as you were talking, you know, I, I, I mentioned a lot the verse about you know, God is faithful to bring more than we could ask or imagine. And I feel like sometimes people are like, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah. Or what does that even mean? And I love in your story that, you know, you had a certain, you know, people around you that were doing things in a certain way and you sort of see yourself in relationship to the people around you, but God doesn't see you that way. God says you are unique. I've designed you to be unique. And so, you know, our world can be very small, even, even if we considered ourselves to have a big life. I mean, in the big picture, our world is quite small Mm -hmm. and God doesn't have that limited view. And so, um, and so I really, I really love that part of your story. Okay. So let's get to some RV life questions. Cause I know, I know that's, um, I know a lot of our listeners are dying to know. So the one question I've got to ask, because this is the one that I asked you and I loved your answer when we talked in the pre-interview is, so what is life like? Do you just wake up in the morning and say, hey, let's just go north and see what happens. What is, what is, it, what is it actually like on the road? How do you... Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's so funny because you think of, you think our realize and you think like this person must be super adventurous. And my husband is definitely the more adventurous one. Um, but even him, like we can't just wake up and not know where we're going to sleep. That's just not why we didn't choose our V life to just like bop around every other day. Um, and we have friends that do that. We have friends that have small little like classes or class B, like the, you know, motor homes that can fit in a Walmart part, you know, fit in regular grocery store lots and they just bop around and have a good time. Um, and that's amazing. We are not those people, um, which probably sounds not so adventurous and fun, but I am just such a, I say I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I am a type A planner to my core. And so not knowing where we're going to be the next day would, would really suck the fun out of RV life for me. Um, and we, we did try moving fast when we, when we got the RV, um, and trying to see and explore so much. And we really just had to give ourselves permission to slow down um, because we're not going to see it all. And our business is going to go under if we don't work. So we we now try to do about a week or so in each place. Um, this winter, we actually spent two months in Breckenridge and a month in Park City. And that was just incredible because we actually, you know, got to get a little bit rooted in a church. We got, you know, we had a routine and that just worked so much better for us. Um, and that's just our style of our life. We kind of we're, we're doing it to, to get to know communities and areas and not just kind of go check off these little bucket list items and leave, like go in and out. 
Um, and so our typical day, I mean, it's funny, last night, Pete and I were brainstorming, uh, for a project launch that we have for our business. And he was getting so stressed. I'm like, Pete, I just feel like you're not focusing. Like what's going on. He's like, well, we haven't booked a campsite for Sunday yet. So we have like, let's just stop everything. We have to figure out where we're going to stay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's fair. You know, like he, we, it, that can be, it, we realized that that was a source of stress for us is not having that planned. And so, and we, we couldn't do work, good work. And so now we are just more intentional about planning out, you know, where we're going to stay and, and how our route, you know, wh- how we're going to drive and do that. Um, but our typical day, I mean, it, it sounds funny, but it's pretty, this pretty similar to how it used to be just in really cool places. Um, we wake up, we, we try to wake up early. We like to have a long morning routine instead of like, whereas in corporate America, I'd snooze until like the absolute last second that I could get up and get dressed. Now we're really, you know, we have control of our day. So we're trying to be smart about it. Uh, we typically spend like an hour each doing our devotionals, spending time with Jesus and, and, and praying and, and kind of doing breakfast and getting ready. Um, sometimes we'll take Russ out in the morning for like a dog park. Most of the time it's just a little walk. Russ is our uh, German shepherd. I keep calling him a puppy, but he's two this month. So I think mm-hmm. he still counts as a puppy. Um, and then we'll usually find a coffee shop, a library. Um, we try to see local coffee shops, but unfortunately Starbucks just has, not unfortunately, but Starbucks has the best Wi-Fi, So we typically find ourselves there. And, uh, work for a few hours, go back for lunch, take rest to a dog park. Um, I was joking with Pete that we could probably write an entire blog about the best dog parks in the nation. Cause we just seek them all out. <laughs> and, um, then we, you know, work at night and that's, it's, it's pretty standard. Um, there are days where we, we don't work at all on Sundays. We, we started taking Sabbath Sunday, so we don't work at all and we don't, um, go on social media at all. And so those days trying to be just like our, what do we want to do today? Like, let's explore, uh, that that's been a really joyful way to kind of balance out RV life and work. And then there's some cool opportunities like this, uh, this week we're outside of, we're about an hour outside of Seattle and we had a really cool opportunity to partner with a tour company and do a full day tour of Seattle. And so we took off the whole day and toured around Seattle and got Russell Rover and, you know, used some points for a Weston night and kind of made a date day and night out of it. But it's not typically that adventurous every single week, <laughs> but we do like, I mean, when we're places we like to explore. So we just kind of balance usually you know, working same, same as anyone else, really. <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy to say that, but we're not, we, we have to keep kind of a routine, but that's just what works for us. And, and, you know, how we like to balance the adventure with running a business. Yeah. Um, I want to, uh, I want to just plug in here really quick to bring our listeners up to speed because I have retold the story of how you started your business at least a dozen times because <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, and we're kind of going backwards in time a little bit before you hit the road in the RV. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were living on an Island. Tell us just, uh, I, I think this is a really great story about starting a business. So tell us how you got your first few clients and then we'll jump back into RV life. Yeah. Um, I love telling it now. It's funny. Living on an Island sounds way more exotic than what we were doing. We were at the Jersey shore. So just a full, <laughs> full transparency. If anyone knows Avalon, New Jersey, South Jersey shore, not quite the fist pumping Jersey shore, but, um, you know, it's a seven mile Island between Avalon and Stone Harbor. And so, um, it was, we had, so I kind of skipped this too, but when we were in New York, the reason that I only lasted nine months and that we left was we actually both left our jobs um, and, and backpack South and Central America for four months. And so that was such a transformational time of our lives. And we had such a reverse culture shock when we came back that 
Um, my parents had a house in Avalon. And so we moved down there for the summer thinking we would just, you know, waitress and wait waiter and make a lot of money and, you know, try to figure it out life out. And, uh, we didn't really know what we wanted to do, but we both studied business and marketing and sales. And so we're living on this little Island and we realized that, um, you know, it's a lot of mom and pop shops, a lot of small businesses, and they have five or so months out of the year to make all their money. And they have horrible websites. And no, you know, they were like 20 years old, old HTML flashing. One of our client, <laughs> one, one, someone that wound up becoming our client had a black website. Like the background was black with hot pink text. And oh. I was just, yeah, those, that, this is where the state of the websites were. So we knew we're like, we don't need to be the number one website developer in the world to make this better. And so we had this idea and we feel like we already took this big plunge of leaving our jobs. So this is where I say like the experiment that went right. Uh, we, we started putting an Excel sheet together of businesses that we thought could use help. And we, once we, once we, uh, pushed over 50 on that Excel sheet, we threw a website up for ourselves and printed out flyers at the local library and just started knocking door to door. Like we had our call sheet every day, like, okay, these are the five businesses we're going to go talk to today. And him and I showed up and asked for the owner or the manager and just started talking to people. Um, and we kind of literally knocked door to door and some of those people took a chance on us. And now it's, you know, almost three years later and we're, have a business that's, you know, supporting us and allowing us to live this lifestyle. But it's only because we kind of took that, those people took a risk on us, but we really took the chance to kind of just show up and, and try something. Um, it's evolved a lot since then. That's definitely not how our business is now. Uh, but until, I mean, still, we just started kind of doing some marketing strategies for ourselves, but for probably two and a half years, our business grew totally word of mouth from just that strategy of showing up and knocking on people's doors and introducing ourselves. Um, I love that story. I love, uh, it just feels so old school to me in the best way. Like we're just going to actually knock on doors and talk to people. And, um, I just really love the initiative in that. it served us really well because I mean, to be honest, like we weren't trying to come off as like, Oh, we're this marketing agency. Let me get back to you in a week with your proposal. We're like, no, we can give it to you right now. Like today, you know? And I think people were at least those mom and pop shops, they were run in the same way. They were kind of like family run mindset and they were so used to these big marketing agencies that the fact that we showed up actually got a lot of respect from them. And so I'd encourage people to like, pick up the phone. Like even if it's a cold calling, like making those connections rather than just sending an email, like the, it actually goes a long way because people don't do it anymore. Like I actually feel like that's what made us stand out was the fact that we kind of just went back to the basics. Yeah. I love that. Is, um, is the fact that you are full-time RVers ever an obstacle to getting new clients? So when we grew our business, we were not full-time RVers, but we had that for about two years. And then when we made the decision to go full-time, we had a lot of clients that were used to getting FaceTime with us um, in person. And so we made the RV decision about a year before we left. And so that gave us a lot of time to kind of, we said offboarding um, was our like polite word of, you know, kind of finding better fits for the local businesses that still wanted a local marketing agency. Um, but as soon as we made the decision, we really just started transitioning our business to function remotely. And so we just started setting expectations that, you know, we host our calls on zoom and, um, we, from the beginning, our business has always, and whether it was quarter fear crisis or Shuby media was the name that we were going under when we were in Avalon because Shuby's, um, and now it's just Pete and Jordan, but 
we've always kind of operated under this transparency, vulnerability, like this is who we are and this is what we get. And so it's funny because we always just shared our V life as part of the journey. And now we get a lot of clients that like love us for that and then find out we do marketing and become our clients. So, um, no, we, it hasn't really stopped us from getting any. It's actually, I feel like opened up a lot more doors because we know we can serve people all over the country. Um, and so, and they know that because we're all over the country, I think it gives a little, I don't know if it gives clout in their mind, but credibility in the sense of like, well, they must be able to run a business digitally if they're able to support themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that in itself kind of convinced people that we knew what we were doing in some weird way. Yeah. So tell me, tell us about the moment. Like you're, so you're running this, you're running this business. You've got these clients. Um, tell us about the moment that you guys thought, Hey, I have a good idea. Let's get an RV and go travel around the world or travel around the country. This is less of a moment of figuring that out and more of like Pete convincing me that I'd love to live in a trailer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we, we were living in South Jersey and we were trying to figure out, you know, we were engaged. And so we actually started our business when we were just dating, which people think is crazy too. Um, But we were engaged in planning our wedding and we didn't know where we wanted to live. We were looking at Philly because that's where, you know, our clients were, that's where our church is. And that's, you know, the community we love. A lot of our friends and family are there. And so we started figuring out like, well, do we want to rent or buy? And we really started considering buying a place in Philly. And that's a huge decision and investment. And the more we looked, we started shopping, we looked in neighborhoods and we just felt like we just didn't feel a piece about it. And it wasn't that we like knew what the other decision was. We just knew that wasn't the right one just because we just like kind of felt this unsettled feeling and really just felt like, okay, we, we should have it. Like we were just praying like, Lord, like whatever you know, if we should rent, we should buy where we should go. Like we just wanted peace about whatever that decision would be. And we definitely didn't have that. And so we kept coming back to this idea that, you know, we were just getting married. We don't have kids. We have a German shepherd and we have a business that we have the blessing of working from anywhere. So like, so what if we went to Colorado for a year or to Oregon for a year? And we kept throwing out these places that we were considering just up and moving to for a year and just see, you know, just for the sake of adventure, And then Pete came up with this idea. He's like, well, what if we just get an RV and do all of those places? And I immediately shot him down. I was like, there's no way I'm living in an RV full time. (laughs) No way. And it wasn't even this minimalist mindset because again, we had lived out of 65 liter packs when we were in South America. And so I knew I could live simply. I actually, it was so much easier to get dressed when you have two shirt options and a whole closet. Um, we, we really loved living simply, but the one thing that our, that, backpacking taught me is I, I wasn't, I didn't want to adventure just to adventure. Like we had kind of done that pursuit of like there, we just needed to find ourselves and, and work on our relationship, work on our, you know, relationship with God and not know what we wanted to do when we were backpacking. Um, so in a way our lives were very unsettled and I felt very unsettled physically because, you know, we were bopping around to different hostels. We were unpacking and packing and I knew I, I didn't want that. And so I kind of brushed it off. I was like, there's no way. And then I started actually going on Pinterest and Google. And I found this amazing Facebook group, um, of people who are full-time entrepreneurs and they just happen to live in an RV, you know, where they're raising their families and they work regular jobs, but they happen to live in an RV. And I just realized that my idea of RV life, either being like these nomadic, you know, hippies or, 
the retirees in giant motorhomes was so off. Like there's definitely, you know, those kinds of people, but there's a huge, amazing niche and community of people that are growing, you raising families, growing businesses, doing this. And like, they're just doing it kind of really simply and a little nomadically. Um, and so that really shifted my mindset, just seeing, and this comes back to like, just seeing other people walk out what you could never even have dreamed of. Um, so we just started like stalking everyone that we could and, um, like messaging them on, in, on, you know, their emails and on in, uh, Instagram and connect to those people. And I just realized that our V life, I could get that travel and that, you know, that what we were looking for, I guess, in the adventure, but also come home to my house at the end of the day. And so that was all within like a month that I kind of went through that whole process. And then we decided we were going to do it. We didn't tell any of our family or friends because, we also decided like, we want to know that we're like, we want to make this decision before we have everyone else's opinion of telling us how bad of an idea it's going to be. Um, <laughs> and so we got to a point where we were actually shopping for RVs and we found one that we were maybe going to put an offer on. We're like, we have to tell our parents, like we can't just buy an RV without telling people that we're going to move into an RV. Um, but what's funny is by the time we wound up telling people, everyone was just like, okay, makes sense. Like we had already, you know, we had already gone through this. Oh, we're leaving our corporate jobs and backpacking and doing what I guess they thought was pretty crazy that it just kind of made sense to a lot of people that we were going to do it. So there wasn't like a moment of, oh, I want to live in an RV. And I think this comes back to what you've been saying. And it's one of my favorite verses, but you know, that God's, what God's vision is for us is more than, you know, what we could ever hope, dream or imagine for ourselves. And it, I think there was never a like one day I'm going to live in an RV with my husband and my dog and we're going to travel the country. It just, I feel like there were so many parts of my life that perfectly prepared us to, to do that. Like we didn't start a business with the intent that it would allow us to be digital nomads per se, you know, like it's crazy how we think about all these different paths in our lives that in our life, just Pete and I personally that so perfectly prepared us to do what we're doing in the way that we're doing it, that we never had plans. Like God, it's, it's really cool to think of it in the way of like God's vision was so much bigger, even from the start that, and we really, we didn't even know, like we were just going along our day. I had no idea that he was preparing us for it. So it's cool to think back, but, um, I have no idea how he came up with that, but he definitely convinced me and he was very right because I mean, we, we absolutely love the RV life. So tell me a little bit about, because one of the, um, one of the big questions that I had when, um, when you and I talked earlier and I was very surprised by your answer is, um, my question was, is it isolating? It feels like it would be incredibly isolating, um, to be a digital nomad. And, um, so tell us, tell us about that. What does community look like when you are on the go for, you know, full time. Yeah. Um, that is, I would say by far the biggest surprise of RV life. Um, obviously we knew there were people that did it because we stalked and made them be our friends before we left for RV life. And, um, so we knew there were other people, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like you see people on Instagram or blogs or things like that. And it seems so disconnected. Like, you know, they're doing it, but they're not your friends. You can't talk to them. They're not, you know, like it seems very removed. Um, and I really, I really thought, obviously we miss our family and friends, but I thought it'd be a lot harder to not have community and especially our church. Like it's definitely a hard thing, not being rooted somewhere. Um, and I think we've just been so blown away by the community that we found on the road. Um, to put it in perspective, we wound up going to a conference in February that 
it's called the RV Entrepreneur Summit, and it was 200, maybe 250 RV entrepreneurs. Like, talk about niching down and talk about finding your people, right? Wow. I never would have thought that was a thing. And that was cool because we've met up with a lot of people on the road, but that was just, I mean, we were just surrounded by people that get it. And, like, we didn't even have to talk or, you know, explain RV life. Like, that was just already the given. You know, that was the baseline that everyone was at. And it's been amazing for us because we'll be in places where, you know, we were in Golden, Colorado, and uh, people that we knew from Instagram were in Denver and we wound up like getting, you know, food with them and meeting up. And it's been crazy to meet up with people all across the country in real life. And now our paths are crossing again. And we're actually, um, head about to head into Canada because we're going on a road trip with two other couples that are full-time RVers that we met on the road. And now they're some of our greatest friends. And it's crazy that like, we just started this eight or nine months ago, you know, like we're, we're, it's, it has been so incredible and humbling about how much community you really can find. I think if you're, if you're looking for it and you're intentional about it, um, there's amazing people all over the country and we've been super blessed to just find a really, really amazing community on the road. Um, I think a part of that also just, you have to be intentional, obviously about keeping your community at home too. Uh, but yeah, it's blown us away. It's not as, I, it's, I guess it's not as isolating as you would think, because I feel like the more isolating thing for us is actually having our own business. And we don't, you know, we don't have coworkers aside from our spouse. Um, and so that transition felt more isolating than the RV transition, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, how do you feel like being full-time RVers? What do you, what, what part does that have to play in what you feel God has called you and your husband to? What part does that have to play in your bigger calling, do you think? Oh, I love this question because we, Pete and I talk about this most days, actually. Just the fact that even RV life seemed like a very selfish pursuit to us. Like, we didn't think, oh, this is so selfish of us. But, you know, looking back, we just thought it'd be a really cool way to see a lot before we'd want to, you know, have kids and settle in a spot. And we have the luxury of building a business from anywhere. So let's just do it. And it's amazing now to feel like God was really calling us out and taking us out of our comfort zones because his, I don't, I, it's just crazy to think of like how he planned for this to happen because I can honestly say that RV life has done more for my, me and my relationship with God and Pete and his relationship and our marriage together and our business. And so much of that was just taking us out of our comfort zone, taking us into situations where all we could do was trust him. Like all we could do is just rely on him to, you know, get us to the next destination or figure out what's wrong or like, you know, all we had was each other and him. And it, it was this incredible way that he pulled, I don't know, he, he's, I feel like he's still using our V life to draw us closer to him. And it's something we didn't really expect. Um, obviously like our, our relationship with Jesus and with each other is important. And, and we definitely want to put that at the center and heart of our lives. But our V life is as it's just done that in ways that we really never could have expected. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your original question or not, but, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Did I answer that? I'm trying to think back to like what it even was. I feel like I got on that tangent. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's great. It was just all about calling. And I feel like, um, you know, calling is such an interesting thing. It's something that there's different seasons and stages mm. of and, um, and just a community that you're building, um, as you go and, and, um, and just having that, you know, that time with your husband, that time with God. And I love what you said about how much closer it's actually brought you to God, even though it felt initially like something selfish. And it just kind of goes back to what you were talking about um, earlier in the um, earlier in the conversation about that time where you were working at this job that you'd always wanted and that felt selfish, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do I, do I leave this after, you know, am I feeling ungrateful? But it's just so funny that God brings us into places that, um, that are just, I mean, it's just part of the story. And one of my favorite things to say is, look, God knows things about our life that we just don't yet Mm -hmm. know. And that's why it's so important that we just have to trust him. Um, even when things don't make sense, like throwing it all up and just getting an RV and traveling around the country. And by the way, I, and everyone listening to this is ready to go out and buy an RV. I bet everybody's Googling it right now. Um, (laughs) And I I think what you just said is like, it just comes down to trust. I think it's uh, for us. And like, I I know, um, I just talked a lot about the calling part of like how God's used our V life, but it's the first time that we're at a point in our business and our life and our marriage that we're really open-handed. I feel like our V life has taught us that, um, that God's plan is bigger. Like we've, we've just watched it unfold even in one year of our life that we're like, okay, bring it on. Like our lives are yours, whatever you want to do, you know, the highs and the lows, we are, we are yours. And I think we also feel like what you said about seasons, you know, right now, like, yes, we're our viewers, but that's not our identity. You know, that's, it's part of our story and it's part of our journey. And if, if we feel like we show up to the next place that we're at and we just feel like God's calling us to stay there, then we're going to listen. And I feel like, you know, people ask us a lot, when are you going to stop? And you know, how long are you going to be on the road? And we're, we just, we pray about it every single day because it's not up to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's, we're kind of at a point now where like everything we do, we just really want to listen and really want to say like, God, what are you calling us to in this season in our life? And I think that's something that I didn't have the mindset for before. I feel like every decision can feel like such a huge monumental one, like quitting your job and moving to a new city. But if you think about it with the perspective that, you know, God's got you in the palm of his hand. And if you just trust him, like every decision you make is what, you know, if it's what he's calling you to do in this season, it might change, but in this season, like that's, that's kind of really where you got to live. Cause we're never going to know what the next five, 10 years are going to look like. So that's kind of been a really peaceful way to trust him for our, in our minds at least. Yeah, I love that. Um, We're going to wrap up with the final five questions in just a moment, but I cannot emphasize enough how uh, much I want all of our listeners to follow you on Instagram because (laughs) it really is um, so much fun to watch. And in the middle of a busy day in New York City, seeing some of the scenery that you guys are in in the middle of. Is phenomenal. So we'll include it in the show notes, but for our listeners, where can they find you on Instagram? So together we're at Pete and Jordan spelled out. So P E T E A N D J O R D A N. Um, that's our business, our, you know, our joint account together. Um, and then my personal account that I'm a little less active on, but definitely kind of more of my heart is poured out on there is at Jordan Renee Jones. 
Great. And uh, we'll also include links to your website and all that, all that good stuff. But for all of our listeners, go follow them right now. You will not regret it. So, um, uh, so we're going to move on with our final five questions, five questions designed to further resource our listeners. So we're going to start with other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? I, I really, this might be a corny answer, but love does. It just, the first time I read it, Rock My World, it was right, I wasn't in New York City yet, it was right when Pete and I started dating, and he gave it to me, actually, Um, and it was the first time I read about a story of someone who walked out their faith in, like, the funniest, dorkiest, most real-life ways, you know, Bob Goff isn't a pastor, he wasn't someone in ministry, he was just loving people like Jesus in his life, and that's the first time that I realized, like, I can be a quote unquote normal person. Like I can live a life and still love others and love Jesus. And so that book was just, it was eye opening, especially because it wasn't like a, I was, I was at that point in my life reading so many personal development books and things like that. It was just so nice to read something that had so much profound wisdom and such fun little quirky stories. So I, I love that. I'm reading everybody always right now, which is his next one, but love does just was amazing. That's so great. Tell me uh, one podcast you're listening to now and why. Um, We listen to Andy Stanley's um, Your Move podcast all the time. Um, It's either that or Robbie Zacharias or like our two kind of go-tos. But we really, Pete and I love listening to Andy Stanley together because he does really awesome series that really kind of walk the line of leadership and obviously being a Christian podcast, you know, like this is, it's all rooted in the Bible and the gospel. And then it's like, well, this is how you can also be a really good leader and a really good wife or husband or, you know, parent. So we love that the Your Move podcast. That's great. What's your favorite Bible verse? Oh man, I feel like people can probably guess it based off of everything that we've been talking about. I feel like I've kind of paraphrased it a whole bunch, but, um, it's funny too, because I wound up getting flown down to California this weekend for a client who was also raised Jewish. Um, that was a whole other curveball that was raised Jewish. Um, but we both were in church on Sunday together, worshiping, and they talked about Ephesians, um, three twenty, and just the idea that through, you know, all glory to God, because through his power within us, you know, he's able to do more than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine. Um, and I, that's totally a paraphrase of it, but this idea that, through, you know, through God and all, all because of him and all glory goes to him that are his vision for his life and what he's going to do in us and through us and with us, like is more than we could ever dream up or hope up or, you know, have a vision for in our own lives. So that's one that has just been on my heart so, so much lately. That's so great. What's the best business advice you ever heard? Cool. Um, that's, I would say, kind of comes to like probably what I would say is my, one of my second favorite books is called the pumpkin plan by Mike McAllowitz. And it's this idea, kind of the idea of niching, but really taking it one step further of not just knowing your niche and who you want to serve and why, but knowing exactly what you do. And his idea is like, there's this, you know, how people get these giant pumpkins, you know, if you've ever seen like the award winning 700 ton pumpkins is that they actually have to cut all of the other vines off. So when the pumpkin's growing, you cut all the little other pumpkins off that aren't this big giant pumpkin. And the idea is like, if you really want that, that giant pumpkin to succeed, you've got to cut off all the distractions and all the other projects and all the other things that you could do well, but aren't your main thing. And that's been really, um, 
it's, it's changed, totally changed the way we do our business. I love that. I've never heard of that book. I'll definitely include that in the show notes as well. Oh my gosh. Great book. (laughs) Definitely recommend it. Yeah. What advice or encouragement would you give to somebody who maybe they're not deciding to be full-time RVers or maybe they are, but there's just somebody who is walking a conventional path. They're not happy. They're considering moving to a very unconventional path that might disappoint a lot of people or that other people would not understand. What encouragement or advice would you give to somebody who's in that moment right now? Oh man. You know what? I think for me, and this is kind of how, what I ask myself when I come up to this question. So I think when you try to do something unconventional, there are always going to be people that don't get it. There are always, it, may, it might be your family. It might be your closest friends, might be your boss, or your coworkers, or it might be total strangers on the internet who say mean things because we've had that happen too. Um, but I think, you know, no matter what happens in your life, people always have opinions and, and they might not be nice ones, but I guess I ask myself now, like, would, who do you care about more? Like, are you trying to please others? Are you trying to please God? You know, like, are you, I think at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, if you really think that this is what God's putting on your heart and you, you know, hold it against scripture, hold it against who he's calling you to be, hold it against like what your values are. If you hold it against that and it still stands up and that's still what you really feel like God wants you to do. And like, this is the calling that you have for your life right now in this season, that like, that's kind of the measuring stick that I I try to ask myself is because I feel like we all get to these hard decisions and I'm sure we're going to have more of them. We have people now asking us, when are we going to have kids and move home? And I think right now we're just like, are we trying to please the people around us or are we trying to please God? And maybe not in the word please even, but you know, like who, who are you, who are you working for? Like, who are you leading your life I guess I, to please is the easiest way for me to think about it in terms of real life. But, you know, thinking of, I think when you're trying to make these big, scary decisions, just if you can bring it to Jesus and say, you know, is this, does this align with everything that you want for my life and, you know, living out how you want me to live. And if it might not be what everyone else wants, but if it's what he wants, then I think that makes the decision a lot clearer and easier to take, to make. That's great. And then one one last thing, would you mind just saying a prayer over our listeners, maybe those people who are in that in between right now before we close? Oh, I'd love to. Oh, Lord God, I am just I'm so grateful for this this podcast. I'm so grateful for what you're doing through Dawn and through everyone that's listening, Lord, and that you're just you're stirring in their hearts because you know that there is a bigger plan for them, that you've created them with such a unique purpose, with those special gifts and those talents that you're that you're blessing them with, Lord, and the things that you're stirring in their heart, Lord. I just pray that you reveal those to them, that you help them to draw closer to you in the process and to know, Lord, that if they are following your will for their lives, that they're in the best place they can be, Lord, and that there's ultimately nothing greater than just walking with you and living their life for you, Lord. And I just pray that for everyone that's in this transition stage, for everyone that feels like they don't know what to do and they can't, you know, navigate these decisions, Lord, I I just pray that you bring them peace. I pray that you help them to know that they are not alone, Lord. And I pray that you bring people into their lives that will remind them of that and that will support them and encourage them and love them like you will. And Lord, I just pray that they know that they are so loved and they are so worthy and that none of their achievements, none of their worldly success, that's not what makes them who they are, but it's what you're calling them to be that, that is really the core of who they are. Um, and that no matter what they decide that they are so loved, Lord. And I just pray that 
you would work through them and, and just draw them closer to you as you reveal your, your plan and your calling to them, Lord. Amen. Amen. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. This was such a, such a blessing. And I'm, I really am just, I'm so excited to be able to have these conversations with you and with everyone listening. And just thank you so much. It really was amazing. I'd like to thank my guest, Jordan Jones, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 023. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. This show is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Download our free daily planning tool, The Peak Page, at dawnsadler.com peak. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.